welcome to the official Brandon Ritchie Substack Podcast episode. Today's date is May the 4th, 2023. And if you're tuning in to this show for the first time, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your ears. And just to let you know, uh, if you are tuning in for the first time, the purpose of this uh, podcast and blog is basically to serve as a map for helping you and those around you to be a zenith during chaotic times. And that term zenith is actually in the uh, in the title of today's episode, uh, which, which is going to be the pilgrimage of a mental and physical zenith. Today is not going to be an article readout, but rather an actual just uh, me kind of talking to you for the time being to illustrate a few points and to communicate a message directly in order to, to try to bring understanding of the way I interpret uh, how we can become a mental and physical zenith in the, in the journey, so to speak, the pilgrimage, if you will, on how we can get there. And when I would talk about a zenith, uh, my interpretation of getting there my my perspective is that the best way to do this is is what we know what we know is the lived human experience and what we know about the lived human experience is that it's documented it's documented in uh philosophy it's documented in history it's documented in culture it's documented in business and day-to-day just day-to-day life um and so i like to have i've had guests on in the past i'm currently working a a very hectic schedule and I want to have guests on here in the future. But for the time being, uh, due to my demanding life schedule at the moment, I'm having to just get these recordings in and get these articles out when I can on my own on my own schedule. So for today, it's just me. I'm riding solo with you to talk about this stuff. But uh, I want to dive into some of this and I hope and I think uh, that you'll find this interesting and find it intriguing because I like to, to sort of Connect dots. I look at the world, connect the dots. I try to look at the landscape of, of the political landscape, the cultural landscape, and, and try to illustrate how these things funnel down into your and yours and my life and how these things impact us. So a zenith, going back to that term zenith, it means to be at your peak. It means to be tip top. And I talked about the environment. But also, uh, it's also about action and what you do as an individual. And I'm a big believer in uh, activism and how we as individuals can impact the culture and impact society. And to do this, we need to have this understanding. So, on that note, if you are a first-time listener, please go to brandonritchie.substack.com and subscribe to this show to to the, to get the latest episodes and the latest articles and to be notified of those so to subscribe there if you're listening on other platforms you can listen in here to the show on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast. I'm on a variety of platforms there. Tune in, uh Pocket Cast. Uh, I'm on a variety of platforms for distribution, so please tune in on those as well. If you are listening in on those, uh, Apple or Spotify, uh, make sure that you hit the follow button there on Spotify, and also take about two seconds and hit the five-star rating if you want to demonstrate your support for the show that way and to help jump the show in the algorithms. 
like uh, many other decentralized forms of media, I am also experiencing a great deal of suppression from social media. And so it takes uh, word of mouth. It takes your agency, if you like the message and you want to support an alternative form of media and support this show and to help get the message out, uh, it takes your action. So I rely on word of mouth. I rely on your your ability to uh, be a force multiplier, to share this links, to, sh- to share the show links, to share uh, the blog, and to help others to be a zenith during chaotic times. And I think this is how we can sort of wrangle together a movement and an idea and get in the realm of ideas and to get understanding and bring understanding to the world so that we can save it and save the country. So that's the whole point of this show. And that's why I started the show. That's the motivation behind it. And uh, I feel like every day, uh, you know, you look at the centralized media landscape and it's just a real, uh, it's it's just a problem. And it's it's really um, just so blatant. The propaganda is so blatant. It's just uh, one of those things where I see, I mean, so clearly, if you look at it, it's like Chinese state media or something. I mean, it's just it's just really over the top and blatant. But some people or a good portion of society, they've been demoralized and they don't understand that and they can't see it because they lack that understanding, uh, much like we've all experienced in the last few years. So I need your help in order to do that. I think we can get the information out into the public and we keep repeating it and repeating the truth and pushing it out and pushing it out and pushing it out. And then we start winning the culture back. And that's how we do this. So um, also, I just wanted to throw this out, too. If you do visit the Substack and you really do want to uh, put this uh, decentralized media and soup, uh, get it out into the environment and to really blow up decentralized media, at least in terms of supporting this show, if you go to brandonritchie.substack.com or you're listening to this particular episode, if you scroll down there below the fold, you'll see a give a gift subscription or a donate button to become a paid subscriber. And what this does is it enables me to uh, build out other content that I that I will make accessible to paid members uh, to give you more inside tracks on other things that uh, other perspectives I've, I have and other plans of action that I will put forth and um, different kinds of information to support the show in that way. So you can become a paid member and that will really supercharge this show and give me the time because uh, granted, I will always put out uh, the complimentary content for the general public. But understand it also requires a great deal of my time, investment, and energy, which I'm I'm glad to put out. I want to, but uh, your help just makes it makes it move that much faster. And I can uh, in this case too, if you're doing that, you you can feel confident that I'm working for you, and I'm not uh, some big corporate special interest paid shill. So, <laughs> so with that being said, uh, I want to get in a little bit of today's uh, discussion. And going back to the title, The Pilgrimage of a Mental and Physical Zenith. You know, you've probably heard, um, you know, over the years, you've heard that that saying about, hey, that guy, that gentleman's a renaissance man. I like that. It's kind of like you're, you know, have an interest in a knowledge and understanding of several things, and you can apply yourself in that way. I think this current environment that we're in right now, 
right here in 2023 uh, is is a time in which being that sort of individual is 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 really a calling and really something that that is growing and a re- there's a real need for it you know man or woman uh no matter what your what you do for a living i think it's this is the time for you to shine particularly if you're an independent thinker if you're an independent thinker and you're somebody who understands your environment and has a handle around it and understands that you can control uh, the things that you can control as best you can and that you are in des- your your desire is to be independent and not to be a, a dependent on uh, major institutions right institutions that we have seen uh, corrupted institutions that we've seen to be abusive. And, and 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 the only reason they're that way is because as society we have collectively collectively as a society we have lent too much of our we've become too dependent on those or we think we're too dependent on those and the reality is we're not we don't have to be we can be individuals that uh, we can be mental and physical zenus we can take ownership of our mind take ownership of our health. And as we do that, we we become less dependent on external institutions, on external organizations, on external uh, government, portions of government, right? And this is where the power comes in. That was the whole point of the founding of this country was to be a rugged, that rugged individualism, right? So that's that's the entire point. And I think uh, collectively as a society, we've lost some of that identity over the years due to um, the indoctrination in, in the education, in the education systems, in the university systems, and with influence in media. That's happened over time. So, you know, there's a saying, I, I posed this to a friend the other day where I said, that, you know, the gap between what people say and what people actually do is where all the confusion lies, Right. So you have to, someone may say one thing, but they do another. And what we have to get better at doing here in society, I believe, is looking at what people actually do. Look at their actions. What things are they actually doing? Not what they're saying. It's okay to acknowledge what they're saying, but what are they actually doing? That's what matters. This is where uh, deeds become, you know, there's more weight on deeds than words in reality. Right. Although current society has gotten you to believe that words carry more weight. Right. The old sticks and stones thing no longer applies. So. So there's a there's a there's a quote that's been out there. Here's a here's sort of a um, kind of like a a perspective that's been out there for a while. And it's a catchphrase. And in marketing, a lot of marketers use catchphrases. Marketers are very good at this, at creating you know, a form of branding, right? Uh, branding is used to stick, you know, a phrase, you get a catchphrase, something that's um, attractive, something that that sticks, it sticks in people's minds. So this catchphrase, perception is reality. I've always, God, that's always, that one's always really bugged me personally. I think it's because uh, perception, you could say, well, everyone has different perceptions that's true 
But the way I look at it is perception is not the reality. Reality is reality. Now, if your perception is accurate, right? So it's like if your perception is accurate, then then your your perception's accurate. But reality is reality. And we can't ignore reality. It's sort of like when they said inflation is transitory. But no, inflation is still here. Inflation's still here. If it were transitory, well, you could say the person could come back and say, well, the transition is 10 years, <laughs> right? Well, is that transitory? Is it a transitory period? Maybe, I guess, if you look at it that way. But but in reality, you could say that it's 70 years or 75 years. But if you're the life, average life expectancy of a human being is 75 years, then, you know, that's a lifetime. So it's that's not a transitory thing. It's, it's a more permanent, sticky thing, right? So... People like to destroy words, and this is where I go back, and you've heard, you guys have probably heard, if you're a regular listener, you've heard me talk about the Orwellian nature of things and how the destruction of words comes about through Orwellian means and through the Orwellian newspeak tactics that uh, a lot of the media and a lot of a lot of that stuff is kind of floated out into the into the environment these days, and it and it's designed to sow confusion and division. And so, uh, anyway, I hate this quote, perception is reality. To me, it's uh, it's one of those, uh, it's, it's sort of like the whole perception of tr- the trust the science crowd back during the pandemic, right? Trust the science. Well, who, who dictates what the science is? And, and are those people compromised? Are those people so virtuous that you can trust them? You know, I think are, there are people that can be trustworthy, but... I think more often than not, evidence bears that out over time. And so when you look at the pandemic, there's a lot of evidence that we can look back to now and realize, hey, that wasn't science. It was scientism. Right. And so this there's a very big difference in that. So so anyway, this is this is sort of the mental aspect on how we become a mental zenith is being able to discern fact from fiction, being able to to exercise discernment and good judgment and that that comes you know that comes in play and on and is determined by a lot of things within an individual whether that individual has a good reference point of you know what is truth whether that individual has had life experience to bear out you know what is truth have they dealt with enough people have they been you know for lack of a better word, screwed over enough times that they realize they know how to how to pick out a scam, you know, how to spot a scam or how to spot a con man or a con woman, you know, when they see one. And and that's where that's where this comes out. So so anyway, we need to cut our dependency on the medical system. We need to decentralize. All right. And decentralization is how we can become uh, not only mental zenith in that way, as I just illustrated with the last example and the pandemic and all of that, but also from a physical approach as well. And as we decentralize and we focus on ourselves physically and understand the human body physically, then we have you know, a better chance of cutting our dependency from the medical institutions, you know? So you look at uh, how big the medical institutions are today versus how big they were 60 years ago, 70 years ago, 
It's a big difference, right? And you might argue, somebody might say, well, the the uh, life expectancy has increased in people over time. That may be true. Um, but I would argue, though, how do we know about the quality of life? You know, I always say there's there's a saying in the fitness industry, and I've always talked, and that's my background for you new listeners. Uh, my background has been in the uh, fitness industry now for over 20 years. I'm a strength and conditioning uh, coach, strength coach, and I study bio. I know biomechanics pretty well, and I, I love studying the human body and what the human body is capable of in terms of performance, in terms of uh, fitness, in terms of strength, and because of that, you know, I'm I'm a big believer in in uh, being your own best advocate, and because of that, I knock on wood. I mean, we're all we all are mortal beings and we all have our time. But up till now, I've not had any health issues that, uh, aside from traumatic injuries, uh, I haven't had any diseases that have, uh, overtaken me. And I'm grateful for that. But, you know, again, we're all susceptible to things in our environment, but I'm 46 and, uh, I can still move, run and jump. And I've had two knees reconstructed and I can run and jump and squat and swing kettlebells. And, uh, you know, I, Take been able to take uh, years of Thai boxing, although I'm out of for my fighters that are listening in. If there are any of you, I'm not in. I'm not in any fight shape right now. I'd probably be covering up and trying to trying to block all the kicks and punches right now. But there was a time uh, where I could uh, I could really flow with it, and I still maintain the movements. I'm not. I think I'm pretty pretty you know pretty rugged for my age. But anyway, the uh, the idea here is to cut dependency. We've become too dependent on institutions. So as my fitness and strength background, I want to discuss on the on the aspect of becoming a physical zenith, a little to give you a little bit of insight on how I do this as a coach. And um, this is something I haven't discussed as often here on this podcast, but I wanted to take time and uh, kind of dive into this aspect of my life, too, to give you some understanding so that you can uh, apply this strategy to yourself and to your family as well. But so as a coach, here's one thing that I will do as a, as a strength coach, as a fitness coach. If someone comes to me and they say that they want to uh, start a program, start a, start a strength program, start a fitness program, uh, everybody's got to have a starting point. And to me, it doesn't, that starting point does it. It doesn't change whether someone is is a uh, uh, an experienced trainee, an athlete, or someone who's a novice. The way I handle every individual is that I will bring them in. I will I will do a physical assessment on these people, and the way I kind of do this is I employ a, uh, uh, a a strategy that's known as the joint by joint approach to training. This is a uh, interesting, a very fascinating concept. If you can just bear with me, this is a fascinating observation. I think you're going to find very interesting. Um, but the joint-by-joint joint approach to training is a uh, model of training that was uh, put forward by Dr. Gray Cook, I believe, is a physical therapist, doctor of physical therapy. Um, and I believe there was another coach that helped him with that. And um, uh, But anyway, the premise behind it, and you can look it up if you want to see the origin of it, but the premise of the joint by joint approach to training 
is that if you can imagine the human body, the human body is basically a skeleton, right? And so what is a skeleton? Well, a skeleton is merely a stack of joints. And every joint in the human body alternates between two functions, okay? And those are, there's only two functions. Everything's either a mobility joint or a stability joint, okay? Now, keeping that in mind, let's take a look, take a look at your ankle. You know, if you look down at your ankle, you can turn your foot in, turn it out, flex it, invert it, evert it. You can plantar flex it, dorsiflex the ankle. You know, you can like get, put, like pushing down a gas pedal, plantar flex it, lifting your foot off the gas pedal, dorsiflex the ankle, right? So your ankle moves in multiple directions. So your ankle is a mobile joint, okay? Now, if we come up to the next joint, the knee joint, the knee joint is a hinge, like a door hinge. The knee joint is a stability joint. All right, you following me? So just stay, stay with me here, okay? If we go from the knee to the hip now, the hip is a ball and socket. That's a 360-degree joint, can move, you know, big range of motion, multiple, multiple directions. The hip is a mobile joint, all right? We go up to your low back, your lumbar spine, your low back. It's a sta uh, stability joint. If we go up to your mid-spine, uh, your thoracic spine there, uh, T-spine, you can side bend, you can front bend, you can twist. Your T-spine, your thoracic spine, is a mobile joint. If we go up to your shoulder blade, the next one up, the shoulder blade there on your back, uh, the big wings or you know the big blade there on your back behind your shoulder, that's a stability joint. Your shoulder joint itself is the glenohumeral joint, you know, the ball and socket there in the shoulder. It, it is, a, it is a, a mobile joint. If we go down to your elbows, your elbows bend like a hinge, like a door hinge, just like your knee, your, your elbows are, are a stability joint. And then your wrist. Your wrist, you can circle your wrist uh, clockwise and counterclockwise. Your wrist, like your ankle is a mobile joint. So, so let's think about this for a second. Now, here's what the observation. Think about it. They alternate in function. Every joint, it goes mobility, stability, mobility, stability, mobility, stability, all the way through the skeleton. That's a fascinating observation, right? So think about that. Let that sink in. So if that's not fascinating enough, what does it tell me as a coach? What does it tell me as a professional coach? It tells me that if someone has immobility in their ankle, they can have instability in the neighboring joint, the knee joint. So someone who has uh, immobile ankles, it may eventually lead to instability in the knee, knee pain, problems in the knee, right? So likewise, if someone has instability in the knee, they can have immobility in the neighboring mobile joint. It could be the ankle or the hip or whatever, right? So they influence each other. So you think about the society we have today where <laughs> we have a uh, explosion of what I call the, the desktop laptop class, right? People that spend hours in front of a computer screen, you know, every, you know, five days a week, week after week, month after month, year after year, you have people who have tight, immobile hips, 
all right? And when they get in that position, they start having back pain. You start talking about low back pain. Well, think about it. You got tight, mobile hips. Those hips are now immobile. So now you have a mobile joint that's immobile. You have a restriction there. You have a dysfunction there in that mobile joint. So that lumbar spine is unstable because there's a compensation because the hips are not free to move. So people compensate in the low back. When they do things, they start having low back pain, right? Not to mention the lack of strength from sitting at a desk, sitting in front of a laptop and not being physically active, not engaging in any form of strength training for those that are sedentary. And they start having these these uh, these low back issues, right? That's one example, but that you can see there. That's how people start to compound problems. And it all boils down to one thing. It boils down to mobility, all right? Your mobility uh, and stretching, making sure you're mobile, strong, and, 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 and stretching your body, that's the key to being a physical zenith, mobility. Mobility is the closest thing there is to the fountain of youth. Your joints, if you stay keep healthy, mobile joints, the joints stay lubricated. They keep calcification from settling into the joints. They're lubricated, not to mention all the soft tissue structure and the muscle and the tendons that surround the joints. Uh, they stay strong and adaptive as well, making more, and that makes you more of a resilient uh, you know, individual, someone who's more impervious to injury, someone who is more impervious to sickness. All right. And this is what I mean by becoming a physical zenith. And this is, this is a quite powerful observation when you think about it. And once you understand that basic concept, you can apply this to your life. So if you have tight ankles, if you have tight hips, of, you know, if you have a, a, a job where you, and look, it involves standing too. You know, people sit for prolonged periods. It's any Anything that involves you either sitting or standing for prolonged periods of time without, without really uh, addressing your needs for mobility, either way, too much of one thing, your body's going to give it back to you. You're going to be stiff. You're going to be immobile. It's going to cause problems. So, that mobility. So you want to work on mobilizing the hips, mobilizing the shoulders, um, and getting those joints, if they're restricted, getting them mobilized and building strength while doing that. And that is how you can, uh, that is the p- part of the journey, that's the path that you can take, the pilgrimage that you can take to become a physical zenith. So we've got the mental part out of the way and the physical part. I'm going to jump back and now I'm going to talk about, um, let's see here. You know, if we talk about the physical part of this, you know, I, this is how I knew the whole pandemic was, uh, it did not make any sense to me. It was because the things that they were recommending in terms of forced isolation uh, in terms of the fitness industry going, being uh, thrown under the bus and being attacked and uh, shut down, this did not make any sense to me because this mobility, the lack of mobility, the lack of sunshine, the lack of all of these things that optimize our health, they were telling us not to do, right? 
and it just didn't make sense. It flew in the face of science, the science that I had known for decades. Not to mention that lack of mobility, that lack of activity, that lack of strength. What did it do? It caused a, um, you know, we already have an obese society, a very sedentary society, an obese society. Uh, and so what did what was the biggest risk factor for that this according to the CDC according to the follow the science crowd the biggest uh problem were the comorbidities comorbidities other health issues that involved things like diabetes uh involved um you know high blood pressure uh, obesity all these things were were really contributing factors to those who really struggled when they did get sick with the disease. So my whole stance was, okay, well, if it's the comorbidities that are really putting people at risk, at super high risk, then why are we not attacking the comorbidities? Why was that not the message? Right? So given my background and everything I just laid out to you and everything I've known for a 20-year career in the, in the science that I've studied based on health and getting rid of how much exercise benefits and gets rid of, you know, obesity and gets rid of, you know, can lower high blood pressure and can strengthen the heart and the cardiovascular system, the respiratory system, and how all of these things can adapt with good nutrition and exercise why and, and and so when you take those things away, you with people that already have comorbidities, why would why were we not attacking the comorbidities? You attack the comorbidities, you attack the problem, you lower the risk. And that's why I did not trust any of the direction and the messaging on all of this stuff from the beginning, right? So this is another great example of dependency, right? We to be a mental and physical zenith, you have to have some level of understanding and experience in these things to be able to recognize what a con is, what a problem is. And and this is where I'm coming from. You know, that was the whole motivation behind this, uh, this substack, this blog, and this podcast. That's what I wanted to communicate. I wanted to change this dynamic, to change the lexicon you know, perception is not reality. Reality is reality. And here's the reality. You know, I have, you know, decades of showing uh, lived experience as well as proof of how, you know, exercise, how nutrition can optimize health in one's body and optimize an individual so that they're more uh, impervious to sickness and more impervious to injury. They're, they're not likely to incur an injury. They're not likely to get sick. And, yeah, there are always exceptions to a rule, right, as the old saying goes. But but the rule is the rule, you know. It exists for a reason. And so so that's that's sort of the sort of my directionally kind of where I'm coming from with that. The other thing here I want to talk about, um, um, you know, I was reading a little bit about uh, the the Roman political uh roman politician rather tacitus all right and tacitus was a very interesting individual had a couple of big writings that he had put out from the roman empire and uh tacitus's political career was uh 
he he lived it out. He lived out his life and his career under the emperor Domitian. All right, and during this time, he experienced the tyranny, corruption, and decadence of that era in Rome. So people got, you know, they got very powerful. There was some wealth. A lot of people got, you know, fat and happy, and that was a problem. You know, so you know, not to be politically correct, but that was essentially what happened. So he paints. He he puts your points your attention towards the danger dangers of power without any form of accountability, uh, and the love of power uh, and the love of, of that power and how it's untempered by any form of principle whatsoever. And the apathy and corruption would give rise to a heavy concentration of wealth through different means of trade and conquest uh, that were employed by the empire. And that's what ultimately sent Rome into a collapse. That was the ultimate collapse and decline of the Roman Empire. And you think about, and you when you read that from Tacitus, as as I pointed out here, it's it's very familiar to today. And that that sort of the apparatus of the Roman Empire, the culture, because the the society at large had experienced a lot of this uh, and decadence and this comfort. They they wanted it was a seduction of that entire lived experience within that culture that people would just want to continue to foster that. Well, that can only last so long, as we know from the history of the Roman Empire. It ultimately collapsed. So this is what we're seeing now here in the states. Where there's a lot of this. Uh, you know, I always say as a coach to a lot of my students that you you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You have to take more ownership of your life. You have to to take that ownership and you have to you have to examine every variable in your life, you know? And by doing that, that's how you become a zenith. That's how you become a mental zenith, a physical zenith. That's how you become a renaissance man or woman. Because if you just ignore these things or you don't take the time to put a level of deep thought into these things, a thought process or any form of critical thinking into your life, into every aspect of your life and how you can go about uh, improving it, how you can go about accelerating that process of growth and accelerating that process of, of ownership and recognize, you know, and, and fail to recognize your environment, then you're just dependent on outside sources and you you lend more dependency more of yourself more of your autonomy to these outside things so these institutions take more ownership of your of your life right and and so this is why again this is why uh you know you have such problems with these centralized media platform with a centralized you look at the banks now these banking failures are happening across the country, and as they happen, they're getting absorbed by, you know, the J.P. Morgan Chase banks, uh, the big banks, Wells Fargo. So what they're doing is they're centralizing the control of your currency, of your finances, to a centralized authority. And all these things tie together. This is this is how these things work, right? As a society, as a whole, the more power we lend to them, the more dependency that we place on these institutions, the more they will consume. 
and the more people will feel that they are dependent on them and therefore society can be controlled by them. And that's where you get the root of control, right? The whole hook, that whole hook of control. So, you know, it's just like when you look at the media, right? The media is another example. If you think about the media, there's a reason, you know, for years, I always wondered, why do these billionaires, you know, like Jeff Bezos, uh, you know, and um, you, you think about Jeff Bezos and uh, Mur- the Murdochs and the Michael Bloombergs. Why do they buy all these media companies? You know, why do they buy these newspapers? Well, there's a reason they buy the newspapers. It's it's to acquire more political power, right? And then by having that political influence, they with the newspapers, with that media outlet, they can shape narrative. And with that narrative, they can... They can pursue and perpetuate their 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 own interest. And this is why they do it. It's because it's a, it's it's the controlling the flow of information, and the way that information is disseminated, the way it's framed. See, that's the other thing. The way that information is framed, and what information is reported on, and what information isn't. That's all of those things tie into how to shape a narrative and how to perpetuate. Uh, you know, a certain interest, a planned interest, if you will. And I mean, that's the whole reason this show exists. You know, I'm, I'm simply a, you know, I'm a grain of sand on a beach full of sand. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a small guy right now, but hey, one day my idea is that, uh, you know, I can, I can uh, turn from a grain of sand to a cup full of sand and eventually from a cup full of sand to maybe a truckload full of sand, and then maybe one day command, you know, a significant portion of the beach. But that's influence, and that's narrative. And the difference here is that this is a decentralized component. Um, And that's why I have, you know, now started offering the paywall to be a pay subscriber, because if you are, I'm working for you. I'm not working for, you know, a a big corporate uh, entity that's you know going to uh pull their investment on me if I'm critical of them um that's that's the difference between centralized media and decentralized media right and I'm not trying to paint myself as this the virtuous end all be all I'm just pointing out that the idea is that with individuals in the podcast um space in the blogging space there's an explosion of this and it's more it's more of a decentralized movement and i think that is a smarter way of approaching media and shaping narrative because people can choose selectively choose who they want to to support listen to and follow and that's the power that's the power of freedom you know and that's the power of choice that's the power of free speech you know and that is the pilgrimage of how to become a mental and physical zenith. And I hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you did, please make sure that you go visit brandonritchie.substack.com. Subscribe, sign up as a free subscriber to get all the latest uh, episodes and articles. And again, please uh, scroll down below the uh, fold there. And sign up to become a paid member as I'm going to be, I put out some uh, content that's locked and can only be unlocked by paid subscribers and 
those that want to financially support the show that they can access. And I will be putting more of that out as well, as well as getting out the general message here uh, like I did today. So with that, uh, make sure that you take and visit visit me and, and look. If you want to listen to other platforms, go to um, Brandon Ritchie, you know, you go to brandonritchie.substack.com to subscribe and then go to other platforms like Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast. Uh, and once again, if you're on Spotify, hit the follow button and make sure that you uh, take about two seconds to hit that five-star rating if you want to support the show that way. Um, also, you can connect with me on social media, on my social media platforms, on Twitter, Facebook, Getter, and I'm now on the Substack. If you're here on the Substack, you can go and download the um, the Substack app on your phone and connect with me on the Substack Notes, which is the new sort of ecosystem within Substack of social media. So connect with me there as well. And with that, I hope you guys enjoy the show. I'm going to uh, try to get this out here today and. You guys make sure that you stay strong, stay active, stay focused, and have a great day.